1: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you check out FiveReasonsSports.com. We have more free content on South Florida sports than anybody. No nasty paywall when you want to read something. Uh, our guy Vishnu, who covers the Canes, has a terrific column about how fraudulent the Miami Hurricanes are right now. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, we actually just put it up as, uh, as we're recording This episode, also check out the other podcasts in our network, Three Yards Per Carry, Five Rings Canes, Light Skinned Opinions, Balls Cast, Fantasy on Five, and others, including the Shula Bowl podcast, which should be great this week, considering FIU was the only team to win in this market. Uh, Panthers Heat, uh, Canes Dolphins, Clean Sweep, (laughs) the other direction. So today what we're going to do after I introduce you to one of our sponsors is I'm going to let two guys on the podcast argue so you should enjoy that Uh, but first before we do that I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that is East Coast Public Adjusters East Coast Public Adjusters want you to know there's only 10 months left to open your Irma claim that's right 10 months so call now before it is too late 855 get eCPA that's 855 get eCPA you have a leaky roof experiencing plumbing issues these problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So why would you settle for less? For a free, no obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years, that's since 1988. That's right, the same year the Miami Heat were born. Here is the number again, 855-GET-ECPA, 855-GET-ECPA, visit their website, ecpaclaims.com. They're knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions. And now, on with today's episode.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Al 954, brought to you by the Five Reasons
1: Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here. We're recording this on a Sunday night, so our last podcast was actually prior to to the Bulls and 76ers games. So we're going to try to cover a little bit of those here. Obviously, if you want to listen to the Tim Bontemps episode, which got a lot of attention, it turned out Tim was right, actually, about this particular game. Maybe not about the entire season, but about this particular game and types of challenges the Sixers are going to provide for the Heat. But I'm going to acknowledge before we start today, I did not watch the game live. Um, I was at a wedding on Saturday night, so I was just checking score updates and then I would, like, put the phone down because of how bad it Lucky was. Lucky you. Lucky, Lucky me. You. But but I was monitoring uh, the discussion on text as well as Twitter, as well as our DM string, between Alex Toledo, Tropical Blanket, who has not spoken as of yet, and Alphonse Sidney, who just broke in. You can follow him at ALF954. And I'm going to do something I don't typically do here on the podcast. I'm going to get the hell out of the way today. I'm just going to get out of the way. And the reason I'm going to get out of the way is because these guys have two totally different perspectives on what Saturday night meant. So I don't even really want to cover the Bulls game. They've beaten up on a lot of bad teams. The Bulls are another bad team. They did the same thing they typically do against bad teams, which is run out early and then kind of hold on for dear life as they commit a torrent of turnovers. We're going to focus more on the Sixers game. So I'm going to start here with this very simple question, and I will start with Alex because I know Alpha's going to shout him down. Alex. We'll see. Right? (laughs) Alex, what did last, well, not last night, well, it is last night, but by the time people listen to this, what did Saturday night mean in your view in terms of how we should evaluate the Miami Heat right now?
2: So it's funny that you mentioned the whole beating up on bad teams thing. And I honestly think that this weekend kind of does a pretty good job summing up what kind of team the Heat are at this moment, right? They're better than we thought. The fact that they've been beating up on bad teams over and over and over again shows that's an indicator of a good team we talked about it before and i think they're a good team i think they're better than we thought they're going to be the offense is better than we thought it was going to be which is you know made them a more realistic uh playoff contender than we thought maybe from before because you know the defense has been elite regardless the problem is when you go up against these elite two-way teams like we saw with the lakers and like we saw last night with philly he get outmatched and i don't th- that's any type of overreaction because of what we saw, I think it has more to do with the role players, right? So a lot of these role players are not going to shoot as nearly as well as they do in other games versus these types of teams, right? Like we saw it versus Lakers as well. And last night they could not hit a single shot. They completely found a way. Like the game plan now going forward is going to be, you know, sag off a bam when he's doing that whole you know, uh, initiating from the elbow and to get Teammates going while they're all running around around him, kind of like what the Nuggets do with Jokic. Teams have figured out that you sag off of him and you play the pass every time, and like you'd rather have him shoot that shot and, and go and look for his own shot than give up an easy cut or an easy three. And I think you know the Sixers between their size and between you know their defensive personnel, it's a terrible matchup. I kind of expected them to lose that game, you know, coming off of back to back on the road in Philly, but man. The fact that they couldn't even keep it close from start to finish, it's tough, right? Like Spoh said it the night before we want to know, we want to see what kind of team we are. And I think we saw the team they are. They're a very good team, they're just not quite on that tier of these elite teams in the league.
3: It's just funny to me. All of a sudden, this game is what encapsulates the entire season. It just honestly is so asinine and so stupid to me. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm really sorry. They're uh, going to struggle against elite two-way teams. Everybody struggles against elite two-way teams. That is what's be, That's what happens when you play an elite two-way team. So let's get like, this. So they
2: are, are classified under everybody then and not elite.
3: First of all, I don't, do. think any, I don't think anyone <laughs> on, the, on this podcast is called the Heat elite. Yes, no, right. At all. So, now, do we also – I don't even know if the Sixers are elite right now because over a 15-game sample size, the Miami Heat are better than the Philadelphia 76ers. The Miami Heat haven't had the letdown games the 76ers have had. But all of a sudden, this game is what encapsulates the entire season. I mean, that's what's just dumb about this whole argument. Also, I don't know – these. yeah, what they did – off of Bam is great, but not every team has Joel Embiid, right? So, yeah, Joel is a, is a bad match for the Heat, but the Heat also didn't have their starting point guard, which we I've beaten the drum over this all over and over again. Justice Winslow is hugely important to this team. So, you don't have Duncan Robinson guarding Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons uh, in, in the first quarter. So, in, in – Oh, we in definitely totality, agree there. In totality, like, this game means nothing. Because the Heat had a ton of wide open shots, the same wide open shots they've been hitting against everybody else. Was it the Sixers' aura that made the Misty shots? <laughs> was it was it the was it the the uh, Joel Embiid's cologne that they just couldn't make these open shots? Duncan Robinson all of a sudden turned into a guy who can't, who can't make shots, or was it a back to back on the road in Philadelphia, one of the best home teams in the Eastern Conference? Like it's just to me, it's just completely ass night. are where we, we take these one-game samples in November and decide that this game is the game is where we evaluate who the Heat are. Like, and it was like, oh, Eric Spolcher said the day before, this is going to be a big test. Who cares what Eric Spolcher said? <laughs> it's coach speak. 98% of the time, we ignore what coaches say. But this one soundbite, we're like, oh, my God, it was so important. It was important to us because we're fans and we're emotional. But at the end of the day, what's important of a game It's an L in the loss column. It counts as much as the Timberwolves game, as much as the Lakers game, and as much as the Nuggets game. So on this season, they've had three losses on back-to-back road games and one traveling east to Denver. If we really want to talk about the heat, that is super impressive. We nice. don't need to cry about a 30-something point loss against Philadelphia. like that, Like that. Everyone should have known this was coming. When, when after the last loss, uh, I forgot who they lost against the Laker game, the Laker game. Yeah. I said on Twitter, there's a five game win, right? They won five in a row. Did I say six games? No, because I saw it was a back-to-back <laughs> in Philadelphia, <laughs> and I'm not stupid. Astrodamus. Need- yeah, you, I'm, I'm you, not you, dumb.
1: You, you need a T-shirt. Just like, by the way, you can go to the 5 reasons of the sportscom right now and get our new Bambi t shirt A um, couple of things I want to get to before, again, I pass it back off to the two of you. Uh, the first thing about this is, and I made this point to Alex on our text string yesterday. I mean, if the Heat go into Houston, right, and get blown out, after they blew out the Rockets, then what does that first game mean? And, and the point I, I think that Alf's making here is, like Philadelphia comes in here what in a month, right? And he could blow the doors off them just being at home. And, and so I, I
3: predicted the Heat are going to probably win that game by twenty.
2: I would agree with you there. I think they're going to win that game. I don't know about by twenty.
3: Which game is indicative?
2: No, but you see, that's the thing, man. That's going to be what I'm going to go back at you about. I think you're trying to put me out as sort of like a symbol of all the Heat fans, maybe on Twitter or not on Twitter, who are kind of just overreacting to this game. My thing is, I expected this game to be competitive. I was let down from start to finish. I don't think this is indicative of their season. I think this is indicative of them not being able to go up against some of these bigger, tough matches when you mix. Not, not that Philly has been... You know, this unstoppable team. I just think from the start, I've been saying since the summer that this is not going to be a good matchup. I would like it to be. I do not like the Sixers. I like the Heat to beat the Sixers. But it's not a great matchup. And I think, yeah, you're right. You know, not everybody has beat. But I do think that's going to be something that gets used. You know, that defensive game plan that I mentioned before is going to be something that gets used going forward. But see, my this, thing is, I You think- know, not that this is the end of the season or anything. I just think they're not on that level matchup-wise, right? Like, Alex, some my thing are, is- it's a big matchup problem for them.
3: What is the take? Is it take that the Heat are going to have a tougher time against good teams than bad teams? No. That's not even a take?
1: No, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll they see. lost
2: by – they were down 30 the whole game. Like, right, yes, they right. were missing shots all They're over the place. So More so players missed 3s on the road. Like, I get it. It's, it's not that the one-game sample is indicative of everything. Obviously, they didn't play as well as they do in other games, even against other, like, good teams. Like, they beat the Bucks without Jimmy. I do – I don't – I'm not saying they have no shot against elite teams. I think Philly is a particularly bad matchup. Last night was a bad game, but it, I do think like it told us they're not right on that level. I think we, I think, you know, well,
1: well, well, but but, but you make, you're making two different arguments. Alf, let me jump in for a second. You're making two different arguments here. And I, I Alex, I agree with you uh, that about one more so than the other. I think Alf's point, you know, that they're not – you know, you saying they're not on that level. Again, if you go through 15 games, they are on that level. In fact, they're playing at a higher level than Philadelphia for the season, right? Their net rating, even after last night, is still better. Okay, but right, but – Like, it was so Boston, right? Like No, no, I understand What are we doing? But I think the bigger point that and, – and again, they went up to Milwaukee and won without Jimmy, as you said, when they were down 20. So are we going to say now that the Bucs aren't on the Heat's level? So I, I'm not – I don't want to go that far with
2: it. Small. They have like they have like nice. four guys. They have like no, three that's guys are smaller than the smallest guy. No, 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 on, no,
1: no, like, no, no, but no, China. but that, that's that's the point that I agree with you on. Okay, I I think to say they're not on their level from an overall perspective as a team. I don't think you can draw that conclusion from just last night. I just don't. And and I think the conclusion you can draw from last night is that Philadelphia presents unique problems to them that. I do think are going to crop up if they see him in a playoff series. And I think the point that Alf made because of their size, it's just simple. It's because of their size. okay? Up. It, it, right. And so, and we talked about that and Bontem's talked about that. And we've known about that. They're the biggest starting lineup in the league and they're multidimensional with that starting lineup. I still don't love their bench, but they're multidimensional with their starting lineup when Josh is the smallest guy that they've got. But, but I think it's a matchup thing. And I think what Alf is, is hitting on, and this is the bigger point with the heat going forward. We have talked about all these different combinations that Eric can use, right? And then we had a bunch of Heat fans jump on the they're better without Justice bandwagon, right? Because of what this starting lineup did over the course of about 100 minutes. But I think we have seen against certain teams, there are certain players that are absolutely critical. And Justice Winslow last night, maybe not in some of these other games we've seen, but against the better teams, okay, against the Lakers, against the Sixers, Justice Winslow is necessary, uh, to me, that's what I would draw from it. So I don't think it's that they're not on their level overall. I don't think the first 15 games have borne that out. I think it's a matchup problem, and I think what it also shows is, all right, maybe Justice isn't for everyone, and maybe he's not for every team or every matchup. But for that matchup, like, we saw Justice Winslow against Philadelphia, okay, in the playoffs. They need Justice Winslow in that matchup. Alf, would you yeah, agree because, with that?
3: because you don't want – you got Duncan Robinson out there trying to match up with – to buy, like, it's when, the, it's when the Sixers had their full five-man starting lineup on, on the floor. The Heat could not do anything against that team because they only had one shot creator because as much as I like Kendrick Nunn, he creates a shot for himself but nobody else. So they had one playmaker. They had Jimmy Butler. What you want is you want two guys consistently attacking that, that defense. They didn't have that. All they had was Jimmy Butler. And on the other side, you want, you want Justice Winslow matched up with Ben so that Jimmy Butler can match or match up with Josh Richardson. You want to be able to cross match. You want to be able to switch. You couldn't do any of that stuff because you had Duncan Robinson out there and you are just praying that he just doesn't get lit up, right? That's
2: my thing. It's like at the end of the day, right, you were talking about Kendrick Nunn, you know, how he only looks for his own shot. and why The problem that you're talking about right now, right, that they need two guys to penetrate the defense and try to get their own shot every time, why hasn't that been a problem before, right? Obviously, because they have been going up against these types of, you know, it's not going to be a problem versus these low-level teams that they've beaten in recent games. But besides that, they're relying on guys to hit their shots. That's what it comes down to, right? How do they hit their shots? After executing a certain amount of actions in the offense, right? It hasn't been Jimmy dribble, 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 find the shooter. It's been, you know, this complex offense that they've been running, and that stuff. I think that has more to do with you know, what went down last night, right? I think versus some of these bigger teams versus some of these defensive-minded teams, they're going to take that away a lot. I think the Heat don't have a counter for that, especially if the team has a great rib protector. Right? Obviously, I think you guys are 100% on, dead on with the fact that the Sixers are a unique matchup, right? Like, no other team is exactly like them. They're very unique. They, you know, they're small as Jay Rich, is like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Everybody else is 6'8", 6'9", or up. and Embiid is 7'3". Yes, they're extremely unique. And, yes, the Heat have outplayed played them so throughout the first 15 games of the season. My thing with the Heat not being on their level, quote-unquote, has more to do with, you know, coming into the season, projecting uh, the rest of the season. I think the Sixers, are, are, as much as I don't want them to succeed, I, th- I do think they're going to end up, uh, you know, with one of those best records in the league once they figure out their well, offense. And thing I just should... don't think, like, you know, I, I – the heat are better than what we thought, but I don't think the 12 game sample is indicative of the heat being a better team than the Sixers. We saw we
3: saw the the Sixers shoot like they haven't shot really this whole season yesterday. Josh Richardson did things yesterday, I mean on Saturday night that he hasn't done pretty much all season. So there's a lot of outlier crap going on over there on the other side, but nobody talks about that. What the what the Sixers did was, oh, this is what they are. No, that is not what the Sixers are. They're what not. the Heat did is what they are, which also that's not what the Heat are. Right. I agree is, with you, though. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like I just like, that game yesterday. That game last night was just. If you look at the both teams on on the course of on, on when you look at the entirety of the season, though the teams do have the, the the Heat are right up there with the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are that elite. Like, honestly, I think the only elite but, but team... It, but, it is, but,
1: Alf, but, Alf, it is a matchup thing. And, and I think, again, let, let, let's is, go... I, I don't even think it matters where the Sixers are seeded frankly. I, I think what we're... Look, I think we've all established that the Heat were a playoff team, right? And there were some who didn't even believe that before the year. We've established, I think, too, that they're in this kind of second tier in the Eastern Conference with the potential to get in the first tier. The question then becomes what teams, because the playoffs and, and bond temps, I think hit on this. And I thought he fans were a little unfair to Tim. I, in the reality, t- Tim, I thought on the podcast, you know, he, he pushed the Sixers. Yes. But he also was very high on the heat and said he had in top five before the season. But the point he made that I agree with, and I think this plays to Alex's point a little bit is that, you know, when you get into a playoff series, you play fewer guys, right? And so you already have a matchup issue with Philadelphia as currently constituted, the two teams as currently constituted, because of the size, because of Embiid's versatility, Horford's versatility, and all of that, the fact that Josh Richardson is you know is a quality defender, you have a matchup issue with them. And then it gets worse in the playoffs because they're going to play. Whereas you may have more of an advantage in the regular season because you know each team's playing nine, ten guys. When you get into the postseason and you're playing seven or eight in the majority of the minutes, then you're going to get those five guys playing 38 minutes a game or more. And so I do think it's a matchup problem with them. Now, we haven't seen the Heat against Toronto. We've seen the Heat against Milwaukee. And I almost kind of want to throw that game out because it was such a weird game. I mean, you didn't have Jimmy. You were down 25 and all the rest. But we saw the Heat matchup fine with Houston. They're considered an elite team, right? I don't. Uh, the Laker game, I thought there was a matchup issue, but a lot of that was sort of end of the road trip. I, I just think I think we have to see the Heat against all of these teams. I think the point here, though, Getting back to the Heat, we're going to see the Heat against Charlotte. Alex and I and Chris Maddox are going to be down there. My guess is they blow Charlotte out, okay? But the thing that that I think you have to look at going forward is this is going to be a task for Eric Spolstra deciding on matchups because he's going to have to keep guys happy. And I don't think there's going to be one starting lineup for this team this year, guys. I just don't. I think there's just certain matchups that they're going to need Justice Winslow and there's other matchups they may need Kendrick Nunn and there's other matchups they might need Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
2: The one thing I think I agree with Alpha in the sense of all the chaos of, you know, the Sixers hitting a million shots, the Heat missing a ton. It is chaos, right? Especially in a one-game sample. It's 100% chaos, just like when the Heat blew out the Rockets. Even though I do think that's a better matchup, the, the Rockets are definitely good. They're very, very good. But it's 100% a better matchup, right? And I, I would even say that the Bucks are a better matchup, again, because of what I mentioned before, right? Like, the Bucks don't have that size at every single position where they're just going to bludgeon you every time. Justice would have been extremely helpful. I definitely agree with that because he definitely helps out with that size part. But to me, again, it comes down to the guys that have been great for them so far and that have helped their offense be in the top half for pretty much the entire season. Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, uh, you know, Hero. Those guys in the playoffs, I think they're going to need to hit every single one of those shots. And I forgot to mention myers Leonard. I think those are the types of guys who, you know, it varies between each of them. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily put Nunn or even Hero on the same but like Duncan Robinson and Myers Leonard for example all of those guys as a collective are guys that they're relying really really heavily on and I don't I just don't think they can be effective in you know over a seven game series to the same level that they have so far I think the team that they've been in the regular season is a very good team I do believe that they're a very good team but that level that they've gotten to is dependent on their three-point shooting like I know both didn't like what i said but you know their first they were first in two shooting coming into this game they were they've been top three and three point uh shooting throughout the season and i think that's something that's going to go down once you go against these bigger teams these these teams that defend better and i know often really buy the Sixers as elite and and i get that right because they haven't proven it yet they have to go out and prove it still i do believe that they're going to end up being elite but yeah i just think that that game plan where they're hitting all these shots is a great game plan Spo has done a very good job to maximize these guys But I think there is a cap there, and I think that's going to get exposed more in the playoffs, you know, in a series where once you figure out what the other teams do, like, I don't think the Heat have enough counters.
3: Yeah, I just don't – I also don't think that what we've seen from the Heat in the first 15 games, relying so heavily on Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, is going to be the same thing when Justice Winslow and Derek Jones Jr. are back in the lineup. I think you're going to see – you're going to see more from those guys. And I think Kelly O'Linick has not done anything yet and I think we all expect a lot more from Kelly. I don't know whether James Johnson is ever going to be back in this lineup full-time. Well, well
1: let, let, let's, let's hit on that. Let's hit on that. Uh, you know what? Let's do that after the break because there's some matchup stuff that I want to get to. The James Johnson thing to me is fascinating at this point. So we'll hit on that here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's one call legal. And why would you go to Seltzer Mayberg Because they got somebody there 24 hours a day on that website. They're based in North Miami, but they handle cases from all over the state, immigration, personal injury, traffic tickets, which is a specialty of theirs. They took care of mine, well, a couple times now. I probably shouldn't acknowledge that. But definitely check out Seltzer Mayberg We actually share an office with them in North Miami. Eric, Mendy, David, great people down there. I always forget to mention Joe, so I apologize to Joe. But check out seltzer mayberg law firm also another sponsor the five reason sports network and that is dutch valley farms what's dutch valley farms not your average cannabis grow farm they've got deep roots in the 305 hometown group of doctors cpas and silicon valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there how does miami find its way all the way out in oregon Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. You want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. And before we get back to these two guys arguing... We got a watch party coming up Wednesday night, so you can argue with us in person. Um, I will be there for at least the first half. These guys should be there for the duration. Heat Rockets, so we can. Alf see Alf might you. be there longer. Alf might be there longer. <laughs> yeah, that's, most that's likely I'll be. That, most likely I'll close <laughs> the place. That's typically that's ty- <laughs> that's typically yeah that's typically the case. Uh, this is a this is like if you have if you haven't been to this Duffy's, there's a lot of Duffy's that are pretty cool, but but you got to think totally differently because this one is right on the water. It's beautiful. They give us the outside, like this little area. They're going to put up the projection TVs. We're going to have food. Obviously, you can get the drinks that you want to get. And it's just going to be a great time. We've got to have some T-shirt giveaways as well. So check it out. We are at 1-0 in our last one watch party. And uh, hopefully, we can extend the streak. All like, that matters. Like we
2: talked about, these one-game samples are everything. Obviously. That's all that matters.
1: Right. <laughs> and this is the one that if you're, if you're married, this is the one your wives will let you go to. Because the next week, we've got one at the Gold Club in Pompano. But anyway, um. Let's get back to uh, some of this rotational stuff, right? This is this is just going to be a fascinating thing with this team the whole year, and I don't want to speculate on what's going on with James Johnson. So let's not do it, okay? Because I've seen some stuff on Twitter and speculation about <laughs> kind of why this is happening, um, but he's still not playing. <laughs> like, and, and he, it, it, like he didn't play last night or Saturday night in a in a forty point blowout against a team with size. Um. Are we wrong? Are we not going to see James Johnson at some point this season in in some kind of a role? Because I think all three of us have felt there was a role for him.
3: Well, you know what's funny? And, like, what I will say about some of the things that Alex is talking about that we're relying on guys, or um, I, I can't say we anymore. Ethan wants me to be professional. They're relying on guys. No hope of that. No hope. No, not
1: at all. I gotta stop cheering and press row. Uh, Um. (laughs) See, edit that out. Okay, we'll take you behind the scenes here a little bit on this. All right, I have Alf. These guys, I brought them down to the Heat games, and they've been very professional, particularly Alex uh but, but <laughs> alf, alf like i mean i'm on right? time
3: at least <laughs> yeah
5: that, well, that, same thing
1: that, yeah that's true alf, alex shows up for the next game instead of the one that he's supposed to be at but but you know i the only thing i've said to alf is look I, obviously you can't look i've been a journalist for 25 years i still pretend to be <laughs> okay so you can't wear heat gear right so i think i've gotten that through to the two of you but and but Alex is sitting there taking copious notes during the game, and Alf like I, you know lets out a, a fist pump. I'm like that can't happen. Okay, you,
3: it was the first game. It
1: can't happen anymore. It was the Sorry. first game.
3: I let out a little yelp when uh-huh. uh, Myers Leonard hit a three. Ever since then, I've been quiet. But it was a, I think it was the second to last game I was at. It was that crazy sequence when uh, Tyler dunked. They yeah. came back. Duncan Robinson hits a three at the buzzer before half. Like I just I did two claps. It was a. That was dude it. dude Ethan, you got like, give me the sharpest not, no. elbow in the ribs
1: because you you got look I, I was there okay <laughs> for Ray Allen hitting the shot in the corner right and the only thing I said was mf because I had to rewrite my column on deadline that's you got to start thinking like a cynical sports writer now you cannot <laughs> well, what... you cannot think like a fan I I mean yes on Twitter you can but in that no Okay, just, it no. wasn't
3: that bad. I've not been that bad. No. I wear
2: a sports coat
3: to the games now. Yeah, like, you do.
1: That's true. That's impressive. Yeah, I looks like an adult and behaves
2: like an adult for the most part when he's there. I look. I'm over there. Everybody's like, "What's? How did this kid sneak into Meteoro?
1: Who's, who's this child?" <laughs> anyway, so oh, can oh, to- we can we touch on that too? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, have we we haven't played that clip, have we? What clip? Of of Spulcher dunking on Alex. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> We, you could, can you do? T- do you want to play the clip, or do you want to do you want me to just take people through it? Yeah, you can take people through it. I, I could insert it. Well, I, I, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us what happened here?
2: All right. So no, I mean I just asked Bo a uh, question. I, you know, basically that came down to what's the contrast been like between this year and the past few years, as far as how good and elite for the most part the three point shooting has been. And he kind of took it as a slight, I think, a little bit. He was a little bit defensive. He started off the quote saying something like, oh, it's there's a long disagreement. I won't waste my breath on it before he proceeded to waste his breath. And, uh, you know, he he said basically that they were top six or seven last year until the last six weeks of the season.
1: That's actually and true. that's that's accurate, Alex. Yeah, they but, were. I mean, yeah, but like just, they missed
2: the playoffs because of that.
1: <laughs> no, well, right. They, well, they'll tell you they missed the playoffs. I mean, Goran. Goran missed two months. But right.
2: Spock, what's it feel like now to have a team full of guys who can shoot every time they're given the ball, whereas the past couple of years, they, you guys have been kind of inconsistent from that area. You've been comfortably top five and three point in three-point percentage and I think top ten in three-point attempts since day one of this season. How do you feel about that and the contrast with the last
5: few years? Yeah, I don't know. I would That would be a longer uh, disagreement that I probably don't need to waste my breath on um, because two years ago, we had, we had really good three-point shooting. Um, and last year we were, I believe, I believe we were in uh, the top uh, six or seven until the last six weeks of the, of the season and three-point shooting. Um, you're just seeing the ball go in right now, uh, you know, from some of our guys uh, uh, that have an ignite ability to it. So it's making you pay attention more. Um, and our bigs obviously stretch the floor in space uh, in a different way maybe than we've had before. But the ball's moving, and we're getting to coherent actions that create the space, and then the ball uh, can move where it's those inside-out threes or extra pass from good to great uh, threes that um, you know, most competent NBA players can, can make those at a high percentage. Could
1: you, why don't you tell your side of the story? And,
2: and shout out Alex Solana from uh, 790 to take it. Brought me on the other day to talk about it, but yeah, I thought he was being a little bit defensive. I looked up the numbers the other day, and you know, again, their top three in three point shooting percentage, number one in true shooting. The past few years, like last year, I think they were 25 or 26 in true shooting, and which measures other things as well. But their three point shooting percentage has been 15 or lower in pretty much every single season in the past five years. So I don't, I don't think it was out of bounds. I, th- I think probably should have butted them up a little bit more in in the sense that, yeah, they've been they have been good at generating those good looks and generating open looks. So I think I might not have, like, you know, gone in on that part enough.
1: Well, he he doesn't typically jump on people, but but I I will say um, there's a little sensitivity towards talking about the past few years. They don't really like to talk about it anymore. Like, it's just it's over with. So I I get where I get. Yeah, I I get I get where you were going, but uh, and and, but he'll be fine with you. It's it's, uh, it's it's that was the first negative interaction I've had with him. Oh no no I, I and, and look I mean I I've covered him since well oh, he form, since 1996 you. and uh, no he doesn't hate him. <laughs> See, and, and, you know I've, I've had interactions with him that have have not always been ideal but um but you move on to the next day that's how this thing works and then Alex, take it on the chin yeah right you take well you take it and you move on and then you know it's a, look I, on, after after the heat I mean I wrote a column on the front page of the Sun Sentinel after the Heat made all those trades after the uh, Riley made all those trades after during the 05 offseason, basically because I had a relationship with Eddie Jones. I was sort of sorry to see him go. and But I didn't really like the trades that they made, which was, you know, the Anthony oh, Walker, man. Jason Williams, you know, the Gary <laughs> Payton acquisition, you know, the J- James Posey I liked. But the other ones I didn't like, and I kind of wrote a column ripping Riley for the moves, I said he panicked, uh, which is actually k- inconsistent with what he'd done with previous teams, like the late 90s teams where he waited a long time to break up a group. And I said, I thought, you know, maybe you should have given that group a little bit more time, and uh, and so I basically said they were they were never going to win a title with that group. And so of course when they <laughs> when, when they when they when they advanced when they advanced to the finals uh, in 06, I was sitting in the front because that's what you got to do. You got to show up the next day or the next year or whatever. And uh, I was sitting in front row, and and Riley, one of the first things he mentioned, my friend Louis Zabala sent me the it was on VHS. Said it to me. Uh, they, that's how old this. You remember VHS? Uh, Alex? Probably not. Alex doesn't know what that is. <laughs> Probably VHS. By the way, is the last time that the Sixers competed for championship. Um, but uh, uh, he, basically, this interaction occurred where Riley reminded me that they were never going to make the finals when they made the finals. So it happens. I mean, it's just it happens. Um, but let's let's get back to rotation stuff here. Old and things was, exposed. Right. Well that was yeah, that was like the ultimate old take. I had uh, a
3: point exploring. about the rotations before
1: Yeah, we were talking what was the point about I the forgot rotations? now. Sorry.
3: No, no. My <laughs> point was I do agree with Alex that some of these guys that the Heat are relying on right now, it's 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 untenable for when it comes to the playoffs. Because there's too many guys right now that if they aren't giving you uh what you expect on one end of the court, they're just complete liabilities out there. So if Duncan Robinson isn't hitting threes, if Kendrick Nunn isn't scoring in the paint, Myers Silva isn't being a defensive presence. Myers Leonard isn't shooting. Myers Leonard isn't scoring, and he isn't being a, he, he isn't being imposing in the paint like. They're, they're just not giving you enough on the other But end. isn't that
1: the case with a lot of teams? Like, like they're always t- – like, when you get to the playoffs, there are certain guys and in, particularly in certain matchups that you play during the regular season, and they're just not playable in the playoffs and, or, or against a certain team. And it's like, okay, you have to – I mean, that's the chess match, right? And that's, but,
3: and, I mean, but that's why I think it's so hard to evaluate the heat right now because – I think we, we, Ethan, me and you talked about it all summer long. Mm-hmm. After they acquired Jimmy Butler, it was about Jimmy, Justice, and Bam. And, 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 who, and it was filling the other two spots, no, no matter who it was. But it was about to be, it was supposed to be about what those guys can do offensively, mm-hmm. and more importantly, what they could do defensively. We haven't seen them yet. Right. We really
1: haven't. And it was clunky offensively with Jimmy and Justice together. And, so I mean, that's, and it was
3: Turkey at first with Jimmy and uh, with Justice and Goron together. But we've seen now Justice and Goron together actually looks really, really good. Right. So and,
1: but, I but I'm confident enough though, and we got to close here soon. But i will go to Alex here. I'm I'm confident enough that Justice and Jimmy are smart enough, and their relationship is good enough that they're going to figure some of it out. They just need reps. I mean, they haven't had reps. That's that's the problem. But for people who were saying like, "Oh, Justice is going to be out of the rotation or back in the rotation," Justice Winslow was leading the Heat in minutes when he went out. Okay, he's not going to go from leading the heat in minutes to the ninth or 10th guy. I'm sorry. Like whatever issue people have with justice as player, it's just not going to happen. And I I think we we circle back to this. Justice Winslow is a guy who's going to play against everybody. Like I just like in the playoffs, like Duncan Robinson may not. Myers Leonard may not. Kelly Olenek probably will, but may not. James Johnson clearly may not. Um, There's a lot. Derek Jones Jr. may not. Right. I mean, Jared Jones Jr. may be a regular season player, but we haven't even seen him in the regular season this year. But Justice Winslow is going to play in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I mean, if he's not traded, he's going to play a lot. So the Heat fans who are not comfortable with Justice parts of Justice's game need to get, get over used, it. Get over it. It's it's going to happen. Alex, I will let you close. You got a minute?
2: All right. So basically, yeah, I do agree. We haven't seen this team at its full yet. I mean, Justice is going to make a difference for sure. I still stand in mind, even with Justice back. The fact that Justice and Bam are kind of your second and third guys, I love them. I really do. But in the playoffs, when it comes to that, like you got to really bet on them being able to penetrate the defense and create their own shot every time, as well as all the creation stuff they do. But I do think because in the playoffs, like when you go against these better teams, they're going to cut off some of that stuff. I don't think the assists are going to come as easy. I don't think the offense is going to look so smooth, with or without Justice, right? And I don't know, man. I just don't think they have enough counters for when their offense stops moving. Uh, Jimmy is a great counter right he's somebody who can do something versus a lot of players he can back you down he can kind of he's a little bit of a three-double scorer and he's somebody who you know will get you stops will get easy layups to get you back in rhythm that's the type of player you want but I do think the team as a whole even with Justice back just isn't at the level and that's just me projecting forward
1: and that's definitely possible. I want to close. I want to close with this. Ooh. I think the game Saturday. Uh, sorry about that. I think the game. Go cheer in the press box. I think. I. 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 I think. Blue, I, Alex. I think the the uh, the game Saturday is a good thing long term. I think this team needed to be knocked around a little bit. Um, things have come very easily for them early in games, particularly against bad teams, and then they've been complacent. And I think this will help them long term. I think it also helps Eric Spolster make rotation decisions going forward because he can point to this game and to other games that don't go so well. And I think it helps Pat Riley evaluate this team. Because I think if you're looking – if Pat Riley – okay, we've talked about 2021. But if you're looking at making changes this year, okay, or you look and you're saying, okay, can we get there this year? I think it helps educate Pat as far as, okay, we're this far away or not this far away. If you read a lot of the stuff that Pat said over the years, he uses games like this – whether, whether I, I was surprised Spolster said it, but I know Riley has used games like this in the past as measuring sticks, so I think it's a positive thing. Anyway, we'll be at uh, Heat Charlotte, but don't forget, Wednesday night, Heat Rockets, Duffy's, North Miami Beach. We went into Dade, guys, so show up, all right? Um, Wednesday night, we'll be out there starting at about 7 o'clock. I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is East Coast Public Adjusters. East Coast Public Adjusters want you to know There's only 10 months left to open your Irma claim. That's right. 10 months. So call now before it is too late. 855, get ECPA. That's 855, get ECPA. You have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues. These problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So why would you settle for less? For a free, no obligation inspection call East coast public adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years. That's since 1988. That's right. The same year the Miami heat were born. Here is the number again. 855-GET-ECPA 855-GET-ECPA visit their website ecpaclaims.com their knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions talk to you soon